Good evening and welcome to Six Second Sobriety's Hurricane Dorian edition. Oh my god, man, you just, uh, I think this is probably more about gratitude than anything else, man. This is, um, very unusual circumstances, you know, I'm in Florida, and we're, you know, a week ago, we're preparing for this hurricane. Um, this thing isn't even going to hit until Tuesday and Wednesday. Everybody was out of water. I sat in gas, uh, gas line for, I don't know, 12, 15 minutes, but I just, you know what I got out of it? I watched this poor little girl at Wawa get abused by people just when they don't have control of the situation, they take it out on everybody else. That's fucked up, man. You know, if you're still drinking, you do that. Again, okay, we're only a minute in, and I'm going to remind you all. This is a podcast for alcoholic men in or out of recovery. I never say the name because there's... Once you get in there, you'll start to see things like in, there's a, a tradition that uh, I adhere to, and um, I just honor that, right? Okay, so if you're listening and you're an addict, a sex addict, a gambler, whatever kind of deal you have that uh, has a program with the name Anonymous after it, you are more than welcome to listen You will absolutely get value out of this. I hope that I say something that changes your life and gets you completely like something will click, you know. And sometimes, I'll tell you, half the time, not half the time, and you know, a significant amount of the time, people don't really even realize until they're three or four years sober, you hit your bottom in recovery. Once you're in recovery, I just had breakfast with this kid. I have breakfast with him probably twice a month or something like that. But we were talking and I said, brother, you hit, you didn't hit your bottom until you were about five months sober. I'm with this kid every week. I see him in meetings and all this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? I observe people. You see that? You know that. So anyway, what I noticed this week was just people are, when they're out of control, and they have to change their routine, and everything just magnifies on them, and you know, their stress feeds on itself, um, fear feeds on itself, and you know, the media, all they're doing is instilling fear, and it's all anybody talks about, and it, you know, you get this, so remember last week I talked about the magnifying glass? They turn the magnifying glass a little bit, so only the little laser beam is on this storm. And that's all anybody gives a shit about. Guess what? You still have to, to you still have to have your morning routine. You still gotta go to work. You still gotta shop for groceries, do your laundry, make your bed, fold your underwear. There's a thing I never say, and you know that I have been now. September 9th, I will have 34 years of sobriety. Okay? You know what I always, always do? I did it this morning. The day I got a sponsor in AA, um, and you know, I'll, I'll say I go to AA, I go to MA, like that, but I don't, I don't want to, you know, bring it up that often. It's 
more more of the time not to slip in the tunnel. If I say, you know, groups that I go to. So anyway, my sponsor, they did the weirdest shit, man. They had us, um, you know, make our bed every day and fold our underwear, fold our clothes when we did our laundry. And guess what? Your wife doesn't do your laundry anymore. Your wife doesn't take the garbage out anymore. What they're trying to do is kind of domesticate you, man, right? Make you more responsible. I adhere to that just like glue for 34 years, brother. This is what I've, I've been doing it for 34 years. I make my bed every morning. I fold my underwear. I fold my clothes. I hang my clothes up. I don't leave shit laying around. I'll leave shit laying around on my desk. And I'll leave shit laying around in my car. My car will be a little more dirty than I want it to be. But, you know, the whole thing is to clean up your act. I have my, my car gets, I get washed my car three times a week. Right? Because, you know what I do when I'm like driving along? And guess what? Through the steps, you really, really do get rid of a lot of that kind of um, judge, judgmental bullshit that you, you know, you're just always judging and assessing people. Well, that's human nature, man. That's not something, that's not evil. It's human nature. And if you're not judging and assessing, like when cavemen weren't judging and assessing, they get eaten. How about that? So, you know, it's not, that's not evil. It's frowned upon in our society. But, dude, you have to. So anyway, there's a difference between judging and being judging. And even with all this writing, all this gratitude, all these years, I'm judgy. So I get off the track a little bit, but the whole point is my car is clean, and when I pull up to some car that looks like shit, I'm like, ah, oh, these fucking guys are drunk. That's the first thing out of my mouth. Right? It's a good that suck. I mean, I fucking suck. I know that that just is afferent behavior, but I, and I know it before I even say it, but that's what happens. Because... I told you, I was one day away from living in my car, and I was two weeks out of the sewer drain with the pallets that I lived on. I lived in the sewer drain on pallets, and I had one row of pallets, and they would shift and stuff, so I put, like, uh, I had just three pallets. Then, I went and got four more pallets and I put a fourth pallet flat and three pallets over it like bricks so it would stabilize it a little bit. Now I have a loft apartment in a sewer drain in Orlando, Florida. Guess why? Because alcoholics live in their car. I was not about to live in my car because that would mean I'm an alcoholic. On September 10th, 1985, I was going to have to live in my car. On the 8th, the drums started beating, and on the 9th, I quit. But man, this is by the grace of God, 
I call that higher power God. I know you. I always say it. You're at your Grammy's grave. I always say it. But I'm telling you, it's very hard thing to get past, right? So I'm very grateful for the fact that I even acknowledge that there's something bigger in this world than, you know, I tell you guys, if we were one degree closer to the sun, or um, the, the Earth's axis tilted two more degrees one way or the other in the winter and the summer, we'd fry. You know this hole in the ozone layer? That's just exhaling. That's the Earth exhaling. That's got nothing to do with anything. See how fucking fast that thing went away? Well, they disproved it. Jesus Christ. The, the shit they put in your head to manifest fear is unbelievable, right? So I'm like, you can tell I'm not a global warming. I'm not a man-made global warming guy. I understand that. Guess why? Because Greenland used to be green. How about that, fucker? Now it's all ice. And they still won't sell it. All right, anyway. Trying to take it easy on you guys today, but I probably won't. Uh, in the long run, I can't help myself. You're a fucking numbskull. And I gotta straighten you out. This is my, this is my task. My, my destiny is to straighten your ass out. I don't know how you listen to me, man. I don't know. I'm such a dick. Anyway. A lot of stuff to be grateful for in this particular situation I'm in with the hurricanes, right? I have a great place to live. We have hurricane supplies. Um, I have keys to the restaurant in case we need ice. And, you know, it's going to turn tomorrow, it's going to turn north, and very, very likely going to miss us. But I got six cases of water, so now I got enough water probably till uh, the end of October. Right? So it's not like, fuck, what am I going to do? Here's my old attitude was, what fuck, man, I just spent all this money about water, rock salt, all that shit, blah, blah, blah. I'd be complaining, just like you, bitched about everything, staying in line with the gas. Abusing the little girl at Wawa. She had no control over shit. You know? Like one guy was just yelling at the girl. Because the guy on Pump 13 walked into the store. And he left his car parked there after he pumped his gas. Well, Tucker, you don't know the real deal here. You know, you have no idea what's going on. Guess what happened? They were out of regular gas. I was in line like three cars back they were out of regular gas, so the guy goes, holy shit, dude, I just gave you 20 bucks and I only got $7 worth of gas. Well, the pump ran out. You got to use high test now, man. Sorry, fuck you. You got to pay you $100, $200.93 now. And, you know, he's like a dude that's going to argue with the... So he's in there, right? That got... It's got nothing to do with that little girl, but this fucking dick is giving him shit to the point where the manager had to come out and go, either... I love this guy, dude. He goes, either going to wait for gas or you're going to leave right now and go get gas somewhere else. That's it. And the guy shut up, put his tail between his legs, finally got over to uh, another pump. And I was at the next pump after him, like right across from him. And he was out of 
regular guys. I said, fucker, I told him. I didn't say fucker. I don't know him. But he was bitching about it, and I said, they told us in line they're out of regular, man. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't want to pay one ninety three. I said, then go somewhere else. I told him. I said, go somewhere else. You know? Just, and he just wanted to ditch. He wanted, people want to give you their fucking bullshit. The first thing. Right? So... You gotta watch this yourself. You gotta watch yourself do this. The, a lot, of, a lot of people. The very first thing they will do is complain. It is really weird when you start watching. Just watch it for. Listen to yourself for one thing, drunk fucking bastard, because you never have enough, you selfish motherfucker. And it's even worse when you're 18 to 24 months sober. That's when it gets even worse that your ego just blows up. That's a lot of people go out, go back out, and start drinking with good old Gil. Uh, 18 to 24 months. Ugh, Jesus. I'll tell you this story. I had a fucking pigeon. The guy, he shows, uh, he's 18 months sober, and I'm telling him, we're stood out in the fucking dock on a little uh, pond in Connecticut. And I, dude, I didn't give a shit. I had long sleeves on. I got 500 mosquito bites, but he was in a sleeveless shirt. And he got a thousand mosquitoes. I didn't give a shit. I kept him right there. And I read in the riot act, and we went back over everything we'd ever done. I said, motherfucker, you're going out. Like, you're a week away from going out. You know what he did? He shows up with a sleeveless shirt and a big, like a... Indian in a full headdress on his shoulder. And I'm like, what's that, Jimmy? There's a fucking Irish bastard. Looks like a fucking ghost on on the Ghostbusters car. You know what I mean? White as hell, flabby. You you look like like a condom with a rubber band, full of tapioca with a rubber band around the middle of it or some shit. That's what his body was like. And he's, I said, what's that, Jimmy? He says, oh, I went to a past life therapy, and they told me I was an Indian chief. I said, fuck it, you were, you progressed through each lifetime. There's no way you were an Indian chief. You progressed through each lifetime. You learn, he said, right? You know that. Because you don't believe in God, so you may as well leave him past life regression. But anyway... See, this is where this motherfucker was, man. He's so cool. I said, oh, I got, and his dad was rich. Remember, we are white guys from Connecticut. Okay, so don't forget that. Don't ever forget that. I did not come up hard. I made things hard on myself when I was out there because I felt like I needed to prove something. Remember I told you, Springfield, you always have to prove shit to Boston or to... Uh, New York, right? So if you're in Springfield or you're in Hartford, you're twice as hard on these motherfuckers, on each other, on everybody. The same was true when I was here and during the uh, the 80s, you know, and I'd make a little run here and there. I just had a bag. I don't know what's in it. I don't give a shit. But when you're in Orlando, you got to prove yourself to 
was Birmingham, Alabama, you would think it would be Atlanta, right? But the big mob centers were Miami, of course, and Birmingham, Alabama. So we got to be real tough in Tampa and Orlando. Can't take an ounce of shit. Jacksonville has got to prove ourselves. The Birmingham and Miami. <laughs> Holy crap. You know, I was kind of in the fray. I didn't ever have any direct contact with stuff. I didn't even carry a weapon, man. I just had whatever was in the car. Sometimes you take the whole car, you switch cars, and sometimes you switch uh, tickets on the turnpike. That was, you know, that's another story. It was very exciting, though. But you see what I did? I was, I was self-centered, and I didn't give a shit about anybody but myself, and I would put myself in danger because it's just real easy to get shot doing that. It's real easy to get arrested doing that. Because once they start, they will just watch Scarface, dude. They watch everybody. Everybody. You know what I mean? So anyway, let me take a quick break. Seven ten. I'm on my numbers now. I'll take a real quick break and I'm going to come back just for like 10 minutes. <laughs> 